Welcome to Stay Gold, an Outsiders podcast. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I'm joined as always by... Esme Mulberry. We are watching our way through the 2005 release of Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders, the complete novel, his re-release and expansion of his 1983 film, The Outsiders, but we're watching it five minutes at a time. So we have made it to the 95-minute mark. So today we're going to be talking about the 95-minute mark to the 100-minute mark of the film. But before we jump into the five minutes, we should probably remind ourselves of what happened before in a little segment we call Previously on Stay Gold. So, in the last five minutes, amidst a downpour of rain, the greasers defeat the Sochas in the Rumble. Dally and Ponyboy speed to the hospital to tell Johnny about beating the Sochas. On the way there, they're pulled over by a cop, and Dally cons him into giving them an escort to the hospital. During the drive, Dally gives Ponyboy advice about wising up in life, getting tough, looking out for yourself, and not getting hurt. At the hospital, they visit Johnny to tell him about the rumble. He says fighting is useless. Then he says he wants to tell Ponyboy something, and we cut off the five minutes right as Ponyboy's leaning in to listen to what Johnny's going to tell him. So kind of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we, should we complete that cliffhanger? Yeah. What's the, what's the verb you would say to complete a cliffhanger to, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, we're we're going to do whatever it is you do with the cliffhanger. Resolve a cliffhanger? Maybe it's resolve. Resolve. So uh, we have a close-up of Johnny's face in the hospital bed. Pony's leaning in to hear Johnny's faltering voice. And Johnny says, stay gold, pony boy. Stay gold. And on saying this, his eyes close and he passes out. So this is a crucial moment. This is maybe the most famous line in the book, The Outsiders. Um, even people who don't, who haven't read the book, might know the line "Stay Gold, Pony Boy." Mm-hmm. Um, why is this such a crucial moment? Well, it really connects to like the different themes in the books, and also Johnny dies here, mm-hmm. so it's like his last words, um, and it. I mean, like, it, yeah, it's like, it's the thing, it talks about the different, like, theme in the book about the whole idea of the stay gold thing, of, like, keep your innocence and stay in your childhood as long as you can. Yeah, it, it, like, yeah, like, innocence or purity or or something about that. Um, not even, like, staying a child, but staying, like, open to the world with the kind of eyes that 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 a child has Mm -hmm. you know i think it's it is a direct counterpoint to the dally winston you know wise up get tough don't uh stick your neck out for anyone worry about yourself protect yourself you know you know dally was sort of saying build up walls to protect you from this world Mm -hmm. by wising up and and Johnny's looking at Pony Boy, and this is one of those moments where you remember Johnny's two years older than Pony Boy. Yeah, and Johnny's like, "Stay gold as long as you can. Keep that that purity. You know, be a sunrise as long as you can, because the world wants to beat that out of you." Yeah, you know, um, and even sometimes people will give you advice that that's what you need to do, but but hold on to that because that's, you know, that's. Maybe the best part of you is that part of you that's gold. Mm-hmm. So um, as as Johnny passes out, Dally tries to wake him up. Um, in frustration of the situation, Dally says, so this is what you get. 
this is what you get for helping people, you punk. Which is a funny thing because he's like angry at Johnny Mm -hmm. for helping those kids at the church because it precipitated, it led to this. So now he starts crying and he says, come on, Johnny, don't die. Come on. Don't die on me now. And he wakes up and runs over to the wall and punches it. And he walks out of the room. And the camera pans back over to Pony Boy. And we watch him cry as he looks at Johnny's body. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, is this is this all? Is this basically straight book stuff, or do we get? Yeah, pretty much. Do we get Pony reflecting on Stay Gold here? No. Okay, so it just sort of hangs. We there. get later. He when he's telling, like in the house, kind of saying what happened. He then in his head is like, "What does that mean?" Like he doesn't get it. Partly because he has a concussion and can't really think. Um, but then it isn't until much later that he really, like, gets it and thinks about it. Okay. Like, much later. So that that's the kind of thing we might come back to in, yeah. the, in the movie. I don't actually... Partially, I'm now speaking from... I don't remember how the complete novel ends. Yeah, I don't really either. I so, don't remember what happened. So I don't know if we're going to get a further, like, explanation of, of this. Um, so from there we cut to Dally walking out of the hospital and he's in tears and he's sort of walking out. It seems like through the emergency room or something. Yeah. And we hear a man's voice say that he's not allowed to be here. And at this point, Dally pulls out his gun and points it directly in the man's face and says, I'm allowed anywhere I want. Mm -hmm. And it is this tense moment in the movie because... This is where, and this is why I'm glad in the last five minutes that we don't see the scene of him pulling the knife. Yeah. Because it seems like Johnny's death is the thing where it's like, okay, if if he was holding on to, if Dally was holding on to this sort of any innocent view of the world, all that hope was put into Johnny. And when he sees Johnny die, he's like, nothing gold can stay, right? Yeah. It's like everything is going, everything eventually corrupts and corrodes and goes this way and Mm -hmm. so he it's like he's given up on he's lost the thing that maybe connects him to uh a a purer version of himself or Mm -hmm. something um so at this point when you see him have the gun in that guy's face like it's pretty tense um and then we see we see him pull the trigger which is terrifying yeah you know you're used to even in movies like People pull guns on each other, but to have it like that point blank and pull the trigger is terrifying. Yeah. And and we're sort of pretty close to the position of seeing this through this guy's point of view, not through Dally's. Mm-mm. And when he pulls the gun, it clicks. And we're reminded that Dally says it's not loaded. Yeah. You know, that he doesn't he doesn't walk around with a loaded gun, but he but he does walk around with this gun. And um then the man who I guess appears to be a doctor as we see him walk in further walks past him in the hospital saying that he's out of his mind. And Dally screams, why do you bother helping people? It doesn't do any good. Now what's crazy about this point is if you're that doctor yeah, and somebody pulled a gun on you, pointed in your face and pulled the trigger, whether it was loaded or not, like how are the cops not already after him? Yeah. Or, like, 
trying to help him at all. Yeah. Or, yeah. Also, he's supposed to be in the hospital. They somehow, no one realizes yeah, that. But it's, Tulsa's pretty big. Maybe there's just yeah, but like, a sense of like. That no one in the hospital, even like where Johnny is, that sure. like no one knew. Sure. He also, sure. we learn, we, he has twice now in this hospital this night pulled a knife on someone. True. True. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy that the cops haven't been called at this point. Or, or, or actually, to your point, or the doctor isn't like, something's wrong with this person. We need yeah. to do something. I think the Even doctor if they're really not, like, fails He here. needs to be punished, but it's just like, 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 this person's not okay. Yeah. And he's just like, well, that guy's crazy. I guess we'll get back to whatever we're doing. That's a uh-huh. little... How how does this play out in the book? I'm going to ask you a lot of these questions today. Yeah, so in the book, you never see what Dally does because it's from Pony Boy's perspective. Oh, So, okay. like, this part you don't get. There's this long shot later that, like, you don't get because it's all just Pony Boy so and his thoughts. So a big thoughts. chunk of this five minutes is not, yeah. is not shown um, in the book. Maybe it's mentioned, but it's not. They don't play the scene. Yeah, so basically, Dally runs out of the room and then you don't know what we don't actually see him again until like the very end the of very this. end yeah, yeah. yeah interesting i did not remember mm-hmm. that so this is all like from the movie that they added in which in some ways it works to show like yeah no he's like lost it but then also the parts of like why is no one calling the police or trying to help him is kind of questionable like it seems like a bad doctor that he just walks away and goes you're crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's you're right. That it's it's it is very strange. Although maybe who knows? Yeah, you know, like like I I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not it's not unbelievable, but it is strange. Mm-hmm. So from here we cut cut to a close up of Steve lying down, and he's looking at himself in a mirror, in like a handheld mirror, and his face is all bloodied up from the rumble. And he asks Soda if this makes him look tough. So clearly, we're in the Curtis living room at this point. Uh, and Tubit, who's sitting down by the TV, uh, gets up and walks out of the room. The TV's on, but it's clearly like past programming hours. So this is something that probably predates you. But it used to be that television stations didn't run around the clock. So it would be like you'd have the late local news and then maybe like uh, a talk show like The Tonight Show or something late. And then mm-hmm. at midnight, they would play the national anthem. <laughs> And that would that would close the broadcasting day. This is even when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, it would be later than this, but it, maybe it's like one or two in the morning. And they so they would end their broadcasting day, and then they would just have like a test pattern on the screen. And then at like five or six in the morning, it would be the programming would come back on with like the morning news or things like that. Mm. So so the fact that they have the TV on with the test pattern, like it, that, actually reminds me of very early childhood of like. TV stations being like, yep, we're done for today. And mm-hmm. it's not like they just ran rerun programming or something like that, but it was just like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so that's what that test pattern is on the screen. So um, two get, two bit gets up and, and sort of walks out of the room. Um, and then we see uh, Soda. So the camera sort of pans across the room. This is kind of a cool shot because we get a whole bunch of of our characters in this one shot. And Soda says, uh, I think it makes you look different. <laughs> and the camera keeps panning past Soda to Derry, who's in the background. And he's kind of like fixing up his knuckles, which are all bloody. And he says, that guy had sharp teeth. 
And then Steve asks what soda means by difference. There's another where we get these like cross conversations. Mm-hmm. And Soda says, well, you've got a hole in your mouth. So he, Steve <laughs> has one of his front teeth knocked out. Um, and at this, the door creaks and we cut to Pony Boy walking in the front door and he looks not okay. Yeah. I mean, he looks um, real shaken. Did you see what Swayze's doing like right as he's walking in? Isn't he like, he's dabbing the blood on his He is, but do you see like, were you looking at his face of what he's doing? No. It looks like he's feeling his teeth with his tongue. And I wonder if it's like a, supposed to be like a, feel how sharp your teeth are. Because he just said that guy had sharp teeth. And that's what it looks like to me. Oh, that's really interesting. I like that. Yeah, it looks like he's feeling how sharp his own teeth are. Way to go, Swayze. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That that is really good. It's either that or he's making sure his teeth are all there. Yeah, it's one of those two. Probably doing a little bit of both, right? Oh, I want to go back and watch (laughs) that again just to see that. Um, So Derry asks where he's been. And this it's interesting because this in some way feels like an echo of Mm -hmm. when Ponyboy comes home at the beginning of the movie. But Derry's very different. Derry's not like upset. He's like. He tell he can tell right away that Pony Boy is not okay. In the book, he actually it's much more similar to the beginning where he actually like stands up and kind of says more angry, like, Where have you been? And then he switches and he's like, Whoa, are you okay? Yeah, because Pony Boy is is clearly not okay. Um and so he asks what's wrong, and after a pause, Pony Boy announces Johnny's dead. And he starts to walk towards his room. Then he turns back and he says, we told him about beating the Soshas. I don't know. He just died. He told me to stay gold. And Two-Bit walks into the room and he says, Dally's gone. He couldn't take it. He's going to blow. Mm-hmm. So he knows, like, like he doesn't know where Dally is, but he knows that, that something is wrong. Um, I like this scene, again, because it has so many of them in there and they're the camera's moving and they're moving around this room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's just a, it's a, a pretty cool scene. It's also good, pretty good to see Thomas Howell. Yeah, I think it's like one of his best moments. Yeah, yeah. And he has to deliver, he's delivering both exposition, but also like emotion. And I think he does for, you know, for being somebody that we are critical of, I think he's pretty good in this. Yeah. Um, so then we cut from him saying he's going to blow. We cut to Dally in a grocery store. And we see that he's looking at a magazine, uh, and I, I paused it in. The magazine is like some Western magazine. It's called Golden West. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dally starts to lightly punch the magazine rack. And the store clerk tries to subtly get his attention, you know, like, you know, trying to trying to make noise to get his attention. Uh, and the, the clerk eventually just says, you want to buy one of those, son? And Dally looks at him, and he tears the magazine in half. And the clerk says he has to pay for it. Dally walks up to the counter. And again, he pulls out the gun and presses it right up against the clerk's nose. So it's like he's he's like shoving the clerk's nose over with the gun. Mm-hmm. So again, t- terrifying if you're the clerk. Now we know about, like, I feel like, like part of the scariness of this is taken out because we just had the previous scene. Yeah. So we know that this... That this gun isn't loaded, but it's still a uh, a really terrifying moment, you know, for this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the clerk whispers to him, don't shoot. And Dally whispers and then yells, give me the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, uh, 
the clerk hands him money. Dally runs out of the store and we see the clerk fire off two shots at him from a pistol. And at this point, the, uh, the alarm, we hear the alarm in the store go off as Dally runs across the parking lot. Um, we get sort of a shadow shot of Dally running, um, with the moving camera. And then we see Dally running through the streets of the neighborhood. Um, as we hear the siren going, mm-hmm. um, and Dally runs to a payphone uh, and calls the Curtis house. And Steve picks up and Dally says he wants to talk to Derry. This is such an interesting little detail mm-hmm. because, like, they could have just had Derry pick up. In it's the his book, house. it's just Derry that picks up. It is? Yeah. That's even weirder. It's I weird know. that Steve picks up. And he's like, I want to talk to Daryl. And then and he gives the phone to him. That's that's even weirder that that's a movie edition. I think it's a thing of like that Dally wants to talk to Derry because he knows that Derry is like kind of the responsible and the adult, the one who's like going to help yeah. him the most. I get that. But it it's it. Yeah. They didn't need to do that. I like it. I like it. I like it too. They didn't need to do it. I like that you get a little bit more Tom Cruise, right? Because he's, mm-hmm. he's the one who picks up the phone. But it's... Kind of, kind of strange. It's it's strange to hear that that's not. I assume that was a book detail. Mm-mm. That's really interesting. Well done, Coppola. I like that. I like that little addition. Yeah. So, uh, so eventually, Dally gets on the phone, um, and and this scene cuts back and forth between uh, Derry and um, and Dally uh, visually, and often you're seeing the person who's listening yeah. to the other person. Um, so Dally says, Derry, listen to me. I just knocked off a store. Cops are there looking for me. Can you meet me at the park? And Derry says, sure, Dally, are you all right? Dally says, yeah, Johnny's dead. And Derry says, we know. Dally says, Johnny, look, meet me in the park. And Derry says, hang on, we'll be there. Dally hangs up the phone and runs. And as he runs, we see that he's left a significant about a, m- amount of blood on the laundry bag next to the phone. So the phone seems to be at something where there's all these laundry bags mm-hmm. packed up. And there's a lot of blood there. So I yeah. assume that that means he's been shot. Yeah. Because if this is bleeding from the rumble... Like, that's been a while now. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching this again, like, the blood is dripping from the bag. So, it's a lot of blood. So Yeah, I think he must have gotten shot. So, it seems like either in the arm, the side, or the hip somewhere. Yeah, because you don't, there's never, because you see, like, half of his body in the shot. And nowhere on that side can right. you see anything. And you can see, like, his whole back. Yeah. So, it's definitely, like, on his other side somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they definitely linger on that that blood there. So we cut back to the Curtis house. We had a close-up of Derry saying, that was Dally. The cops are after him. We have to hide him. And then we cut to Dally running in the middle of the street towards the camera um, that's moving with him. So it's like a tracking shot of him running towards camera. Um, and we see, eventually we see a police car and sirens and lights starting to move behind him. So Dally like pulls his gun First, he turns towards the cops, and then he turns around and keeps running up the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're again another cliffhanger. We're right at like a crucial, uh, yeah, uh, sort of a crucial moment of the story. Um, and as I said, it's interesting that 
in the last five minutes, Dally has this actually like pretty positive interaction with a cop who escorts them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And now presumably this could even be, I forget it. I know that there's a police car. I don't remember if there's also a motorcycle cop. I mean, theoretically, it could be, you know, the same cop could be involved in this. I don't think you see the motorcycle I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I really don't think But I like the thought that presumably it could be the same. Um, So we talked a bit about the book, but I know that there's more here because Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that this is from Pony Voice point of view. So instead of following Dally like the movie does... The book follows Ponyboy because yeah. in the movie, Ponyboy just shows up at the house, but there's a bit more, right? Mm-hmm. I was waiting till the end to say this because there's not really a good point in this five minutes. So in the book, what happens is like Dally runs out of the room. Ponyboy kind of stays a minute and then like walks out and he starts walking home. And like you have to remember, like at this time, he has a concussion. He just watched his best friend die. Like his brain is not working, so he's kind of like slowly wandered. He like wanders into the street sometimes, like not good. And eventually, like this random guy pulls over and offers him a ride, drives Pony Boy home, and then Pony Boy comes into the house, tells them Johnny died, and that Dally's gonna like blow up. And then there's you actually see more of kind of the aftermath of him saying this um you see the different gang members have a lot more emotion and seem a lot more upset Mm -hmm. than you get to see in the movie and then there's also this whole thing too of like dairy and soda try to like comfort pony boy and like as they just step towards him he like gets freaked out and like backs away and yells like don't touch me and like Hmm. you then really realize like he's not okay um and then, like, the phone call from Dally comes. So, like, you don't really see that much of that scene. And then they so, run out. So, in losing the ride to the house, do mm-hmm. we miss anything? I mean, I'm trying to remember. All that I can remember is Pony Boy's concerned about bleeding on the guy's seats. But is there, like, is there anything that gets communicated either externally or internally, book-wise? No. It is kind of just showing a way that he gets home and then also you kind of realize too like he his brain's messed up at this point okay so it establishes the effects of the concussion a lot more. yeah but the real establishing the effects of the concussion is when like he gets he home. yeah he gets home and he's afraid when soda talks to him and tries to come close to him gotcha so if you were to score this is an interesting one to yeah. score in terms of fidelity because we have what we haven't dealt with much in this movie is inventions for the mm-hmm. movie. And this isn't exactly that because these are things like like the book tells us that he robs a store, right? Yeah. But we just don't see it. Mm-hmm. So we don't see him leave the hospital. We don't yeah. see him rob a store. We don't see his obviously we don't see his side of the phone call. We don't even know exactly what he says. Right. Um so, so how would you score this on a scale of 0 to 10 in terms of fidelity to the book? I would have to give it a low score, like a 4, because most of what's in this you don't see in the book. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it, sure. I will say, though, like, that's not saying this part of the movie is not good. It's a great part of the movie, and you really do need those parts added, and it makes so much more sense, and it's much better. It's just, in comparison to the book, it's very different. Right. It breaks the point of view element of the yeah of the story so you know like 
because the framing device for this is that Pony Boy is writing this story. Yeah. So he's, you know, mm-hmm. that's why that that's why the book The Outsiders follows Pony because it's in his head, his point of view. So this this is where that gets broken a little bit, but yeah, fairly effectively. If you're going to break away, this is the point to break away because yeah, this is where, as we said, like we've completed Johnny's arc at this point. We are now in the midst of like the dairy the the Dally Winston movie right now, and we're yeah we're we're moving towards the completion of his arc yeah um so so I think that that that's fitting to be able to see those scenes. Um, should we give out, or should we do a deep dive? Yeah. All right. So, um, today's deep dive is on the person who won the first, who won the five, Janet, uh, Hershenson, who is the casting director for this movie. And the reason I wanted to do her in this scene or this five minutes is because this five minutes features with with the exception of Diane Lane, all of the principles of this movie are in, Mm -hmm. and this is, I think the last time we're going to get all these people because, um, cause Johnny's dead. We have a feeling where Dally's headed. And I think some of the other folks kind of retreat yeah. out of the movie at this point. So this is our last time that we have everybody together. So I want to talk about her, um, in terms of being the casting director for this movie. So this was her fourth film as, as a casting director. Her first film, uh, was 1979's Skate Town USA, which we talked about previously, because it features the film debut of Patrick Swayze. Hmm. So she's the casting director on Swayze's first film. So in some way, she sort of helps discover him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1984, she serves as the casting director for the movie Red Dawn, which stars Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, and Darren Dalton. So bringing back some folks from The Outsiders. It also stars a guy named William Smith who you may or may not be familiar for. He is not Will Smith, you know, Mm -hmm. Oscar-winning actor. Uh, But William Smith is the guy who plays the store clerk in this five minutes. He's also in Red Dawn. Um, She goes on to serve as the casting director for 179 film and TV projects. Um, So I have a list here of some notable ones, things that have won Oscars or just really big movies. And I tried to pay attention to when she brings back folks from the outsider so 1985 she's the casting director for the movie clue which is a great if you've never seen the movie clue great funny movie great cast 1988 uh, the movie beetlejuice 1989 when harry met sally in 1990 she's the casting director for at least one episode of the outsiders tv show Mm. Uh, in 1990 she is also the casting director for ghost so once again patrick swayze um in 1990 she's also the casting director for the movie home alone and The Godfather Part 3, so working wow. with Coppola again. And the movie Misery, which ends up winning an Oscar for uh, Best Actress. Um, in 1992, she's the casting director for the movie A Few Good Men, which is a great Tom Cruise vehicle. 1993, she does both Jurassic Park and Mrs. Doubtfire, two of the biggest commercial successes of 1993. Mm. 1995, Apollo 13. Also in 1995, Toy Story. Uh, in the year 2000, uh, The Perfect Storm with Diane Lane. Uh, in 2001, she's the casting director for A Beautiful Mind. In 2006, she's the casting director for the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie, Casino Royale. One other movie that I find interesting because The Outsiders is a movie where 
she puts together, helps put together this great young cast. Mm -hmm. In 2001, she does this again. The movie is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So she's the casting director for that movie as well, which is famous for needing to cast a bunch of young actors and who are going to be able to grow with the movie. So, I mean, that's 2001 and it's a, that move, that series of movies goes on for almost a decade, Mm -hmm. right? So we see those actors age as they go. So um, not only is the outsiders a, a crowning achievement in terms of, um, casting young actors, but uh, but Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is another, I think, landmark achievement in terms of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Janet Hershenson, uh, pretty good casting director, as it turns out. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, should we give out an award here? Yeah. So who won the five? I have a long list here, only because this is the last time we're going to get to say some of these names. C. Thomas Howell as Ponyboy Curtis, Patrick Swayze as Derry Curtis, Rob Lowe as Soda Pop Curtis, Emilio Estevez as Keith Tubit Matthews. Not a lot of Estevez in this, but yeah. we love him. Tom Cruise as Steve Randall, Ralph Macchio as Johnny Cade, who I think gets like one line. It's a great line, but it's, though. It's like it's the hammer <laughs> it's line of the line. movie. Matt Dillon as Dally Winston, and I threw in William Smith as the store clerk because why not? Yeah, it's an intense moment. I don't know where to go with this. I mean, in, it, I will say. I'll throw my thoughts out there. I will say this is, there's a lot of dally in this. Yeah. It's a lot of good dally in this. A lot this. of good dally. Um, you also do, I mean, honestly, Machio has one line, but it is. It's a the, great It line. is the stay gold pony boy. Yeah. So like, okay, that's good. Uh, this is probably the best C. Thomas Howell yeah. we've seen. That was my thought with this movie. I'm like, the one good shot he's going to get is this scene. Yeah. He's quite good there. He I actually, is. I actually think Swayze's quite good too. Yeah. Um. In in a in a number of ways, I like when when Pony Boy comes in. I like the care that he has for Pony, especially because we've because this mirrors the scene of like, in some ways, the great original sin of this movie is yeah. like when Dally or when Derry like snaps at at Pony Boy for being late and now he comes in late and he's like where were you but it it plays so differently and he does such a good job of that mm-hmm. so uh, there's so many people who i think are really really good in this five minutes it's hard to not say dylan because it's really his five minutes yeah. but is there anybody else that you want to that you want to push for to say even though this is a this is a, a matt dylan five that uh like like a, a Dally Winston centric five that you think you could you could put up there. Um, I think Swayze and Howell. I think both I, of them yeah, you I think could Swayze think and Howell. I actually thinking a lot about C. Thomas Howell. I still think it goes to Matt Dillon, but I think C. Thomas Howell gets like an honorable mention. Like he's so good. I feel so bad for C. Thomas Howell because again do we've too. We, we've we've sort of been critical of him uh, he's being really being good outperformed. In this part. He's real good here, but. I don't know how you don't do Matt Dillon. Yeah. Um, he's, he definitely he's owns so this. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the, the the scenes, I mean, the two people he pulls the gun on, like those are those are scenes that are tough and he I think he's great. And I think the anguish when he says, give me the money, like it's like he doesn't even want to rob this place. It's yeah. just like, I don't know what to do anymore. He, he does the breakdown blow up so well. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt Dillon, who's running away with this movie, um, but also running out of time in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets the he gets the five. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Email us, channel3900 at gmail.com. Do you think 
we have done C. Thomas Howell dirty by not giving him uh, the award here. Do you like Patrick Swayze's work of feeling his teeth? Do you think that mm-hmm. deserves the five? Um, let us know your thoughts. Channel 3900 at gmail.com. That is all the time that we have. We are getting close to the end of this movie, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about minute 100 to minute 105. Until then, stay gold. Stay gold.